Thank you so much for joining us for this special two-part episode of Magnificent Whiskers. This will be the show for December, so I hope you guys are super excited. I know that I am. This is a particular guest who happens to be a friend of the show, and what does that mean? It just means the guy has been fantastic, showing us some support and expressing an interest to want to jump on one of these episodes with us. I was so happy to finally be able to do that with Justin and we really had a blast talking. The reason this is a two-part episode is that it ended up running over the uh, rough hour mark that I do typically like to keep each episode under, but as the conversations flow, we're just gonna let these things roll. So that said, I went ahead and decided to make this a two-part so it was a little easier to listen to for you all. There are some previous episodes, at least one in particular, that it's been mentioned to me. There would be some value in breaking up over the course of two or three episodes, and that's something that I'm going to go back. I'm going to re-edit and re-release that episode as well, at least that one. So I came in here to say all of that to once again thank you for listening. And just, uh, just mention if you're enjoying the show, please like us, please rate us, please subscribe, and of course throw a comment. Let us know what you think, what you'd like to hear. Just let us know anything, anything in the world. Uh, we would love to read your comments and respond to them and interact with you. So feel free on whatever podcatcher that you're using or hit us up on any of us, our social media. All of that information is, as always, in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. Without further ado, I bring you this latest episode of Magnificent Whiskers. Hi there. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Magnificent Whiskers podcast. Uh, my name is Remy. I am here with Colby. Hello. And our guest today is uh, a local artist who I have um, fallen in love with his work, have several pieces hanging in, on the walls of my house, and uh, even own one of the novels that he's written. Uh, this is Justin. Say hi, Justin. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, taking some time to, to hang out with Colby and I and talk about some nonsense. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. So um, I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into, especially because for those of you who listened to the last episode, uh, we didn't even get to these until the end. I'm going to go ahead and just jump into our get to know you questions so that uh, our people listening have an idea of who we're talking to. And as always, I feel like these questions really kind of break into, um, give us a really, really good idea of, of what kind of person that you are. I don't really know if there's any data that would support that, but I feel strongly about it, so we're going we're gonna to go ahead and, and go into that. All right. All right, so here we go. First question, is uh, vampire or werewolf? Uh, listen, so it comes down to, do you want to live forever, which is fucking dull. Can I swear, by the way? Absolutely. Oh, please. Yes. <laughs> it's fucking daunting to think about living forever, right? Like... Sure, you get all the good power, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But forever is a long time, man. Yeah. Fuck, man. I, I, I've talked before about the fact that I, I barely knew what I was doing living past 18. Like, at this point, I've been winging it for a decade. <laughs> so, literally all of existence is kind of off my radar. Right. Like, growing up, I always said, said like, oh, I'll probably be dead by 30. I'm 34 now. And man, I I couldn't do another thousand years of this. <laughs> okay, I appreciate that perspective. So, so is a werewolf, it, I guess. <laughs> so, so it's less pro werewolf and more anti eternity. 
Right. Okay, I can dig that. Now, unfortunately, there are some some pieces of lore where werewolves also live forever. Yeah. I mean, they, they are considered curses for a reason. That's right, yeah. I think Underworld, in particular, uh, is one of them. All right, well, then let's go this way. Like, So a vampire, you're on 24-7. Yes. You're never not a vampire, right? Right. Werewolves, you got some, you know, just being a normal dude. Yeah, most lore would suggest that it's really a once-a-month a once kind of deal. Otherwise, you, you're generally pretty normal. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You don't have right. to worry about eating a, piece of sl- a slice of pizza with garlic on it, uh, right. fucking up your whole day. Yeah, you just you know, want to... You, you don't have to change your whole life. Just make sure you're available that one night a month. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or more really specifically not available. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, okay, yeah. so um, next one is Star Wars or Star Trek. Uh, um, I had I had listened to this these questions before and written them all down like my answers. Yeah, and then, and then completely lost them. <laughs> so we'll say I grew up watching Star Wars, and there's a a love for it that like nothing else really took the place of. Okay, but I prefer the Star Trek movies. You know, like, for some reason, there's there's that weird, like, so, the socialist utopia, like, everything's pretty great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In Star Trek. I'd rather live in Star Trek than in Star Wars. How's that? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I totally get that. Indeed. Yeah, it seems to me that a lot of places in Star Wars, like, you're either... It's almost like Firefly, where you either have, like, all the technology and the whole planet's a city, and it's overpopulated and gross and awful and run by terrible people, or you live on a giant desert. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, Star Wars is fine to watch, but, like, yeah, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to be a part of that. Yeah, I'm with you. I get that. Okay. Yes. Uh, football or football? Neither. Not Uh, a big (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We get that answer way more way more often than what I expected, if I'm yeah. being honest. Like, I really thought this was maybe a polarizing question, depending on who we spoke to. Now, we've got a couple people who presently live in the UK, form, formerly, uh, I think they were born in America, both of them. Um, and I'll be interested to see if, if that's changed in any way, shape, or form that are coming up here pretty soon. But uh, yeah, it's, I've been getting the, oh, you know, neither answer way more than I expected to. If I had to, if I had to pick, it would be soccer. Mm. I get it. Like okay. If you put a gun to my head and said you have to watch a football game or a soccer match, I'll gladly watch a soccer match. You know, Robin Williams but, actually did a really fun uh, when he did his live on Broadway performance. He did a really fun skit or I, what a bit or whatever they're called about soccer and the United States involvement. Yeah. Uh, it's hysterical. <laughs> so do you would you prefer a musical or a straight play um i don't want to ruin my reputation but i prefer musicals <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how that ruins <laughs> my reputation is my i have this weird uh people think i'm an asshole okay and, I don't like, and that i don't like anything Ah, uh, okay, I got you. So, yeah, admitting to be okay. So uh, now I've, I have to know though. Do you have a like a top five or at least a favorite show that you always go back to? 
Um, I have watched West Side Story more times than I'm comfortable admitting. (laughs) Okay. Colby, I don't think I've ever asked you that. Do you have like a favorite show that you go back to or like a top five that's worth listening? Oh, Uh, I I, I tend to not be the kind of person to like rewatch things. Oh, that's fair. But um, there's, if I had to pick like shows, uh, I tend to especially rewatch musicals because there's the additional entertainment value other than just the story to it. Um, I am a big fan of the Newsies. Fucking Newsies. I love that. <laughs> which, yeah. which one? Um, well, the only one that's, I guess, available uh, on DVD right now. Yeah, I was going to say the, the uh, late 90s one. Yeah, with Christian Bale. Yeah. yeah. So that I have one, to say... I, a couple of years back, when it came back to Broadway with Jeremy Jordan, I got to go see it, and it yeah. was spectacular. That man, we don't deserve Jeremy Jordan. The fact that he hasn't blown up more than what he already has really blows my mind. I don't know who that is, but... Uh, so he ended up playing Jack Kelly when it came okay. back to Broadway, and his performance was so well-liked that he was picked up and ended up doing... He's he's a regular on Supergirl. Okay. And he also did the last five years with Anna Kendrick when they did a film version of that. And he's, I mean, he's been, he's had some smaller parts across a few other shows since then too, but it's been really interesting to follow his career. And then they, they actually did film this version, but like on stage and he went back for that performance as well. So that was, but he's just, he's just wildly talented. Uh, He did, well, I don't remember now, so I guess I'm done there. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it was really, it was really spectacular. Um, Justin, nice. '90s rap or current rap? Uh, this is a a thing that I'm pretty passionate about. Anybody that says they prefer old music over new music is an idiot. <laughs> really? Let me let me explain. Yeah, I'm interested. So, uh, I love Tupac, like, and Wu Tang. Like, those, those two are my 90s rap. Like, I love 90s rap. Don't get me wrong. But rap is such a, like, a culturally important thing that it needs to stay with the times. Okay. So, if you're asking me if I prefer 90s rap over, like, the SoundCloud mumble rap, then I'll, then I'll say Tupac. But there are a lot of, like, current underground or not as famous as you know lil something whoever (laughs) that are are just as good or better than anybody that came out in the 90s that's fair that's that's an extremely thoughtful answer i will tell you most of the time the answer we get to that question is neither uh that's a rap rap for some reason is a is a thing that i'm i'm passionate about like you can you can love like i said you can love like biggie or tupac all you want but the things that are happening now like rap's such a, a an important cultural thing oh absolutely like you can hate mumble rap but we're in our 30s man it's not for us that's right <laughs> that's fair that's the yeah hey hey I am not quite in my 30s yet. Yes, but you're still past the age, the, the, <laughs> the target demographic for Mumble Rap. I am, 
I am seven. also just simply universally outside the target demographic <laughs> for rap. Like, it's just not me. That's fair. It doesn't get much more Scandinavian than Coldy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I completely agree with that assessment that it's that it's extremely culturally relevant. To, that that's you know where it comes from, especially when you're looking into underground artists or not quite so well known artists. Um, I will say, and I've said this on the show before, where I like to listen to, you know, Summertime by Will Smith while I'm cooking. Right. And I used to throw on, I, I used to not be like the primary cook in my house. That's since changed. But when I would go out there and I'd make the cheeseburgers or whatever I was working on that, you know, was being requested of me. I'm convinced it helped my food taste better because it just put me in this really spectacular mood. And uh, yeah, so it was for those reasons, like, I think um, I really appreciated that. But there's a lot of current rap that I like as well. I'm not as plugged into the scene, though. So you and I are going to have to have a conversation about this later so that I can get, you know, kind of a better idea about who I should be listening to. Speaking of local artists, right? So there's some people that are coming out of uh, the central PA area. I was going to identify the town, but now I can't remember which one they're actually in. One of them just dropped a new album. I think it goes by T Ravel. Are you familiar with him? Uh, I've not listened to him, but I am familiar with him. Okay. Um, Milton Bradley is another one that I wish he would like do way more because he's so fucking good. I just, I love everything that I've ever heard him do, but he just doesn't, he just doesn't produce. Right. It's really strange. Uh, I, uh, I don't listen to a lot of, it's, it's such a weird thing. I don't listen to a lot of local rap. Um, I can't even say I listen to a lot of local bands. Fair. It's not that I I don't like them because usually when I do I when I do listen to them I end up really loving the band. It's it's that I I'm so far removed from like everyday life. Like I'm such a hermit. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not gonna go out to a bar if I can just buy a six pack. And Fair. that's usually where bands play. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. So anytime that I do catch wind of of something local, I always you know, if I'm there, I always end up loving it. Yeah. I mean, we in our past have been connected to the local scene to a certain degree. So even then, like I, I myself knew a couple of the bands just from, you know, going out to shows and hearing them a lot of times, like, uh, how, what was it? Beer and pretzels was one that was always playing along yep. with uh farewell rescue. The and beer a couple of, those, I have a funny that? story. Beer and pretzels used to be, um, I don't know how, how old you guys are in this, but like the local scene used to be really big. Yeah. A place called, uh, My House Cafe. That was like yeah. just before me, which puts it about five years or so longer before Colby, but I am familiar with My House. Right. So that, that place used to be the place to be. And now this was, <clears throat> I was 16. 17 um beer and pretzels started playing then and they're still playing now which is just the funniest and most endearing thing that i can imagine i don't know why it's funny to me but like like the idea of a local band like that just playing for 15 years straight yeah they and they were on like every show they were like oh shit we need a local band 
let's get beer and pretzels. They're not busy. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and that didn't didn't that place house bands like some pretty big deal bands like Hawthorne Heights came through there, and there was like there were some pretty big names that like went on to do to get, garner quite a lot of popularity. Yeah, uh, all the bigger bands um, they came through a couple years before I started going. Like, ah, okay. so I've heard I've heard rumors that like. I don't know. Every time I die, I played there once, I think. I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, like, but I wasn't there for any of those. It was, I was kind of there in the the last, you know, gasping breath of the place. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, what was the, I had been told about my house for quite a while. I'd heard a lot of the stories that came out of there. And, um, part of that was having been plugged into the music scene the way that I was because of working at Hot Topic, because of uh, the band that Colby had mentioned that we followed, Farewell Rescue. And when when I went to a Farewell Rescue show and Beer and Pretzels played, they got really, really shitty about, like, people leaving the venue after the band that they wanted to see played. And Yeah, that shit makes my blood boil. Yeah, yeah, it's super fucked up. Like, I want to say I agree with them, but I also want to say that the way that they handled it made me leave the venue. Like, like after after he, like, went on his tirade, I was like, you know what? I don't have any desire to watch your band I've never heard of play. So I just, I just bounced. Um, and that kind of colored me. But they've been doing it, like you said, for how long? So they understand the etiquette and I'm sure it was important to them to kind of get the message across. I think if they, if he had said it in a way that didn't like feel like a personal attack, I probably would have stuck around. But um, the other thing I wanted to say about my house was after I'd started hearing about it, a friend of mine and I, you know how everybody has that thing when they're at that certain age where they're like, we should open a bar. Yeah. <laughs> that we was my open a bar. Yeah. And we should call it puzzles. And why is it called puzzles? That's the puzzle. Uh, my the, the idea behind the My House Cafe was was um, was my bar with one of my friends when I was like nineteen. So right. uh, his name is Travis, and we spent we spent weekends upon weekends talking about what we would do and and how we would do it and what what we would offer and all kinds of stuff. Now, obviously, it never came to fruition because that place like turned into like a lightning rent to own and now i don't think it's anything anymore or like it's a craft store now or something i know it was long since i've been down that way so i can't even tell you yeah i think so when i was in high school when i was just leaving high school a girl i was dating worked at the restaurant that was there which was fetters and then that shut down and it became a lightning rent to own and then that shut down or moved it moved to like lewisburg and then it became a craft store and i think it's still like a i don't know there's like a Burger King in Milton now. Like, what are the odds? Uh, so, a, do you... <laughs> a long enough timeline, every empty building becomes a rent uh, rent to own place, <laughs> and every lot becomes a Dollar General. Yep. Uh, so, no shit. Um, so, I used to work for Red Bull, and one of our main customers was Dollar General, and I found out. So, I've known this for better than six months at this point, which I'm sure I don't have to tell you. Uh, Dollar General is intentionally planning to double the number of stores that they have by next year. Wow. (laughs) That's just, there's so many stores. Now, let me be clear. I may have just lied to you about that timeline. Still, that 
but even if it's over the next five years, even if it's over the next 20 years, that's an insane amount of uh, growth. It gets better. Not only are they planning to double, they're also expanding their offerings within the store. Most, if not all new dollar generals will also be carrying produce and grocery items. See, that's actually really good. Uh, For who? For most people. Because uh, one of the issues is that Dollar General, even though they don't currently carry any fresh food, is, I believe, the top grocery uh, uh, seller in the country. Well, I'm going to have to go ahead and try and do some research or since you said it, make you do some research so we can put some links into the show notes about that because I do know that it is their intention to compete with Walmart. But Good. if you do an actual cost cost analysis uh, comparison, I don't think that their prices are any better. If not, they're more expensive than Walmart on most items, which don't get me wrong. Anything that takes food out of the mouth of the Waltons, I'm for. But... If it's this is a rally, Jeremy. It's not a rally. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah. Uh, but, if, but if it just does the exact same thing for yeah. a different group of people, I don't know that it's fixing the problem. But, I mean, it is about time that somebody gives Walmart some competition. I was going to say, like, as long as we're in uh, a capitalist society, we if we're there, we do need the release mechanisms of competition and things like that to sort of quell the massive upscaling of certain companies. Yeah. Okay. Well, before that goes in another direction that I have no desire for this to take at this moment. Uh, Justin, are you aware of what Hogwarts house to which you belong? I am a, hold on. Yes. Raven something. Ravenclaw. Yeah. Sorry. Ravenclaw represent. No, I'm all about it, man. Me too. Uh, for the longest time, I thought it was a Gryffindor. Uh, according to J.K. Rowling, that is not the case. So I am in your house. Here's a, here's, a, here's a really funny thing about Harry Potter and I. So I spend all of my adult life saying, there's no fucking way I'm going to read that book. And <laughs> okay. So uh, you're aware of the Sunbury that they do the... Harry Potter Fest once a year. I was actually no. just there myself. Yeah, what? I was just there myself. So uh, the first year I was I was invited to take part in it, and I said, "Well, I've never read the books or watched the movies or anything." So I fucked around and borrowed the first book, and I was like, "I'll just give myself a, you know, I'll bullshit it. You know, read the first book, and then, oh yeah, no, I know all about it. <laughs> I know where this goes." And, <laughs> I ended up reading the whole fucking series in a week. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, like, they, well, they, do read, <laughs> they do read pretty quick, but, yeah. you know, starting from the fourth one on, those books are like 700 pages. That yeah. is a lot to read. Sleep is, is for the week. I was, okay. I had, I had books to read. <laughs> that is impressive uh, as hell, man. Wow. It took me an entire week to read the fifth book. Like, goddamn. Well, so I, 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 I'm like a full-time, at that point I was a full-time artist. So the only like work that I had to do was to draw. 
or paint. You know what I mean? And yeah. this was going toward. So it was just like uh, I took a week long training course, basically. In Harry Potter. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So how do you feel? Um, did you try to compare like the movies to the source material or were you prepared to just um, absorb them as, you know, based on and like kind of their own telling of that story? There's a, there's a weird, you want it to be any movie based on a book. You want it to be close enough to the book that like you get to watch what you think Mm-hmm. Like what, what happened in your head? You want to see it on screen. Right. But realistically, you know, you have two hours to tell a story that is what? 500 pages, 600 pages. Yeah. It's not, it's not realistic. I think the the movies did fine. You know, like it's, it, they're two different creatures. It's always two different creatures. You know what I mean? I do. Uh, and that, and that applies to like, dudes that complain about like comic book movies right <laughs> you know what I mean? like yeah you want your x-men movie to be really great but x-men have been around since the 60s so there's yeah. a lot to unpack there yeah and oftentimes with like directly conflicting instances of similar events like you're yeah. gonna have to make decisions at some point right so yeah but, the the harry potter movies are just fine there's a different feel to them. Like there's a, a comfort sort of. <laughs> okay. Like putting on, putting on a pair of PJs and watching a Harry Potter movie. I dig it. I will say Harry Potter movies are what broke me out of that mentality. So in a lot of ways, I guess you could say they, they really formed who I am as a moviegoer because of how angry I got over the prisoner of Azkaban. Which is right. to say nothing for how unbelievably fanboy ragey I got over taking the longest book and making it the shortest film. Well, like, like said, yeah, you got no, a lot no. to unpack. I, I listen. I'm 100 percent with you. I'm really. I am still salty that we never got to see the blast ended scrutes. Um, that that would have been really just fantastic uh, action figure and uh, special effects spotter. But that said, yeah, it was Prisoner of Azkaban totally broke me. The way that they like, the way that they just did the whole thing, I felt really almost offended by it at the time. And I took a step wait, back and I'm like, wait, Prisoner of Azkaban? Yeah, I think I, I think you mean uh, Goblet of Fire because Prisoner of Azkaban was one of the longest movies. No, I'm talking about two different things. I was talking about Goblet oh. of Fire being the, the longest book, but one of the shortest movies. Yeah. And no, but uh, Prisoner of Azkaban was the movie that after I left, I was like, okay, I need to come to a place where I understand that book adaptations are never going to be the book. Really? That was the, that was the movie that did it for me. Really? From, from that point forward, I was like, oh okay, I'm not going to watch this book up on the screen. I'm not going to watch this comic story up on the screen. I am going to watch an artist's representation based on this source material completely change my life. Okay. All right. That said, the Planet Hulk animated film is utter garbage. It is gutter (laughs) trash, and you should never watch it. (laughs) It was real, real bad. It was so bad. Real bad. I haven't Just- seen it because I like the comic so much. So, like, oh my I- god, it's one of my favorites, Justin. They put in Beta Ray Bill. Who the I fuck? Lo- 
listen. Look, Beta Ray Bill is awesome. Yes. But he's not the silver fucking surfer. You're right. You don't replace the silver surfer with Billy Bob Bill. Like, it doesn't know. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. You just don't in that instance. Jeremy, and, first of all, put some respect on his name. Yeah. Excuse me, Beta Ray Bill. That's Very. goddamn right. <laughs> it's like, it's Ray, not that. Beta Ray Bill. In the story. Who, uh, remember in the comic book when, when uh, Korg was talking about traveling to. Yeah. Tra- I don't know if he, if it was veiled to be Earth or if it was just one of the other nine realms. And like Thor and Beta Ray Bill showed up and whooped that ass. Yeah. He, so he was in the story, but they just gave, they just, I don't like that they did that. And there were a million other things that were wrong with it, but that was the one that always stuck in my craw the worst. Yeah, yep. no, I, it, it's, it, it was definitely a quickly rushed movie with just, absolutely no passion and no direction behind it. It was it was a quick cash grab movie. It really was. I will say though that what we got out of Thor Ragnarok is one of my favorite representations of Sakaar and I love the way that they did it. Yeah. I would I I'm I'm a little sad for the MCU sometimes because I know that because of the connected universe we're probably never or not for many, many decades, if at all, going to get like these smaller story adaptations in live action like that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, that's not likely yeah, but, to happen. Yeah. Like I would I would love to see an actual like Planet Hulk and World War Hulk just those movies live action production. But And I this would be a perfect time that. period for that too. Because people seem to be flocking toward the grittier, uh, darker stories, um, which is the only reason that there's a Batman reboot on the way. <laughs> Another uh, one. Yeah, I, I, I will also let me, say... Let me, ask you, let me ask you a question. Who's your favorite Joker? Both of you. Uh, <laughs> are you talking about across all films animated Any, and otherwise? Just the, just the live action ones. Just the live action ones? Yeah, Uh, Mark Hamill is a different creature. Well, you see, (laughs) Mark Hamill is the Joker. Yeah, that that um, was my cop-out. That That was where I was going. (laughs) That aside, that aside. (sighs) You guys are so young. Your immediate answer is Jack Nicholson. And then you go, well, and I suppose... I've I've never actually seen that movie. Get, Get off the phone right now. Yeah, fuck seriously. No, I just, what I, the I, fuck? I've just never seen that movie. All right, Colby, I've seen, I've seen you're coming and... over on your next day off and we're watching that movie. That I is the greatest Batman movie, period. There isn't one that holds a candle to it. I don't. <laughs> I will literally fight anybody who wants to argue with me on this. Like, I play, uh, I downloaded it again and played Batman Arkham Knight the other day, and the first thing that I did was download the DLC with the, with the 89 Batmobile and costume, and that's how I ride around Arkham City. Like, no questions asked. Um, so it's, so I want to, I want to qualify what I'm about to say. I just had this conversation with my girlfriend the other day. I have a lot of difficulty choosing a favorite something because I just have so much love in general for so many things. Um, if I had to pick a favorite iteration sitting in this chair right now of the Joker, right now where I'm at, uh, I think Jared Leto's is my favorite. Get the fuck out of here. Really? Yeah, I it's <laughs> I think it's 
it's a it's a more accurate representation of a Joker that we might see given the current state of the DCU and our world in general. I think that it's a and it was such an interesting take on the character outside of what we would normally see. I like the idea of what they were going for with that. I loved Jared Leto's performance. I fucking hate how much they seem to have cut out of that movie. I think he's my favorite adaptation right now. But it's such a different animal than Jack Nicholson's. And it's such a different, it's a completely different beast than even Joaquin Phoenix's, which I just saw the other night. Like, it's just a different iteration of the character. And yeah, I I just, I really liked it. Uh, I honestly liked it myself well enough. I think that I think that people are a little aggressive in their hatred of it, uh, and I definitely understand people not liking it. I understand people not liking the movie in general. Although I disagree, I liked Suicide Squad pretty well. No, it was so good. Um, but I, I think I still uh, my favorite live action is still probably Heath Ledger. Um, but that's because I like, I really like the philosophical question of that series of the Nolan Batman trilogy in general. And I like the representation of that Joker. The philosophical question, according to Colby being what? Uh, well, the, the philosophical question across all those movies is, uh, in my interpretation, at least, is about the the role of power in society, the role of uh, of truth, the role of knowledge, the role of responsibility, the role of power, and how it all plays together. Okay. And and the Joker represented in that the idea that um, nothing matters. The tr- everything is a lie and you just do whatever you can get away with and at the end of the day that's natural and that's what everyone will do we're all just covering for ourselves and no one can be trusted to do anything except care about themselves and it's something I deeply disagree with but I feel needs represented because I feel like that's something that most people think Okay. All right. I'm not going to judge you too harshly on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, which, you, yours is Jack Nicholson, right? Yeah. You know, we actually had an opportunity. I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was an opportunity for Lando to reprise his role as Harvey Dent. Um, I think it was in an yeah. animated Rumor. version or something. Yeah. And, and they, they like didn't do it, which really sucked. Um, but I really wish they would have. Now, since we're on this particular topic, I'm going to push it just one step a little bit further, and I have to ask, um, Batman Beyond, I, I think we could all agree that, that Michael Keaton would play old man Wayne, but like, who oh would be God, put in absolutely. as Terry McGinnis? Hmm. Uh, I always struggle with casting because I... Yeah, you're not you an know, actor guy, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I kind of expressly try to avoid associating actors with the work they do. Right, right, right. Because I like I like that separation of uh, association for things. It, it helps me to get into the works a little bit more for myself. I think so, one of the Sprouse kids can do it. Okay. Dylan or Cole? Uh, 
Yeah, I was gonna say they're they're right about that age range. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them. I could see them going with Zac Efron, even though he's a little bit older. I could. Uh, that would actually make some sense. And I wouldn't hate that. What do you think, Justin? You got anybody pegged for Terry? Um, I was trying to think of his name, but I think he's the Batman, uh, the Robert Pattinson. Well, he's going to be Batman. Yeah. And now, so never mind. Uh, (laughs) No comment. Okay, fair enough. Cool. Well, since we're here, do you prefer DC Comics or do you prefer Marvel? Uh, All right. um, Here's another thing I'm passionate about. So DC is really good for, I just want to watch some bad guys. There's no gray area, right? So bad guys are bad guys. Good guys are good guys. Marvel, every one of them is gray. Like every villain has a reason other than the, you know, like Galactus. He's not really a villain. You know what I mean? Like he just, even even he, you know, he, he just needs to survive. Like, so, so yeah, more to the point, Marvel just has all their villains are people that think they're doing good somehow, right? Like Magneto's like the, the most popular villain and he is, even in the movies, just always, I'm going to do some things that are bad for the greater good. Right. Yeah. It, for it the really good exemplifies... Right, it really exemplifies the idea that every villain thinks they're the hero of their own story. Right, whereas, like, yeah, with with Joker, there's not a good part about him. He's just here to fuck shit up, basically. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's exactly the words I was thinking, so yes, I agree with that. So DC's good for black and white. Marvel's your your gray area. I dig it. That's fair. Now, if you had the choice, would you go on a staycation or a vacation? Uh, where's the vacation to? <laughs> I mean, wherever I you want. I don't like leaving my house, but there are a couple places that I'd like to go. Okay. So it just comes down to the amount of time where I'm going. <laughs> I dig it. Do you have a favorite dinosaur? Favorite dinosaur, Ankylosaurus. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that is... <laughs> What is about this question? I don't know if it's our guest. Everybody keeps going that direction. I think every time I've asked that question, that's been the answer. Um, well, they, they don't get enough. They haven't gotten enough love. They have not, apparently. So we're going to become the official Ankylosaur podcast. That's yeah, what's going to happen. Go. We're going to represent. We're going to need. Okay, there's a t-shirt. What's happening? I'm, I'm for it. I'll draw it up. <laughs> now, um, big question. Do you believe in aliens? Or do you believe they're possible, I guess, is the better question. Do I believe aliens visit us? No. Do I believe in aliens? Of course I do, because I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> I accept that answer. Yeah, I think, I think people generally feel as though if aliens existed, they would have to visit us, because deep down, most people still believe the Earth and or themselves are the center of the universe. Right. It's, um, it's everybody, every human is, is a an egomaniac to a point. You are the center of the world. You never like, that's an important lesson when you're a kid, you're when you're a kid, the world revolves around you, right? Like there's nothing that happens outside because your worldview is you. So you break it when you become a teenager and like realize that 
you know, oh man, there's a lot more going on, but it's always in the back of your head. Like my life is important to me. So, and it's the only perspective you have as a person. Right. But then you learn empathy and sympathy and yeah. You know, Hopefully, yes. Hopefully, right, yeah. I will say, this is, <laughs> I don't know that I should say this out loud. I distinctly remember having thoughts when I was a kid, driving down the road, sitting in the backseat of the car, watching people go about their life. I distinctly remember having the thought, how dare these people continue to go on with their lives while I'm not around? <laughs> right. I distinctly remember having that thought. And I look back on that now and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, like, because I don't know, you have kids, right? Both I do. You or... Just me. I do not. All right. So I'm a stepdad now with 10 year old. There's a lot of things that I take for granted knowing, you know what I mean? Like as an adult that yeah. I forgot that, that are like important lessons. Uh, on, a, on a similar note though, like I remember, I remember I was probably four or five myself when I had my first existential crisis. <laughs> Because yeah, I I was like four or five and I remember I was in my kitchen getting a drink or snack or something and I could hear cars going by the road out front and I looked up and I was like, wait a second, I can hear those cars, but I can't see them. What if I couldn't hear them either? Would the cars still be there? Do... Do things exist if I can't perceive them? If I can't perceive them, does it matter? And like, I was on that train of thought for like two days straight as a four or five year old before I finally came out of it and drank my uh, glass of chocolate milk or whatever. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so yeah, I, that, I distinctly remember that feeling and idea across me at a really young age. The old, if the tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? I remember having my first crisis, probably about five or six, after I read um, <clears throat> that the sun was going to explode eventually. <laughs> oh, no. And, yeah, like, so I think from a very early age, I, like, have always had, like, weird neurotic thoughts. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, they don't, they don't consume me, but, like, the thought of the fucking sun exploding gives me a bit of like an existential terror, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, we're aware that that's, it's not going to happen for thousands of years. Millions. S- says you. As far as I, we can tell. I mean, actually, I'm just regurgitating agreed upon science, but it is an ever-changing beast. So it's entirely possible that that, um, that model, that equation, maybe they forgot to carry it too. And uh, we're fucked. At any given point, the sun could explode. I know it's not going to. But it could. You're right. I mean, it literally is a gigantic explosion. So it could expand at any given time. That is fairly correct. It is a a constant nuclear fusion reaction. Yes. Until until there's too much iron in it. Yes. So, um... Moving on from the get-to-know-you questions that we've managed to allow to consume pretty much the entire hour that we typically spend having a conversation, which, (laughs) by the way, I'm not upset by in any capacity, I did want to actually just point-blank get into a small discussion with you, Justin, um, on your work, because I am such an authentic fan of it. 
That's it for part one. Catch us in two weeks for the conclusion of this episode. Thank you so much again for listening, and we can't wait to see you again.